0: So I was planning on bringing this podcast back, um, and in this first version of it, I was planning on going over everyone's keepers and my outlook on them. I'll be presenting the teams based on my belief of who is the least strongest to the strongest in terms of their keepers, and that's not considering how they're going into the draft based on what draft picks they have. Afterwards, I'll kind of discuss the top five players as per ESPN rankings available for each position. So let's get started. Beat the drum down, not a sundown, when I come round. Wait, 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 wait. What you want now? I'm the one now. I gotta run now. Wait, 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 wait. I'm the one now. Wait, 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 wait. Beat the drum down. Wait, 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 wait. What you want now? Wait, wait, wait. So the first team that I'm going to bring up is Mike Himes, and the reason why he's first listed is merely because of the fact that he's keeping two wide receivers and one running back as his keepers, and not necessarily because of the quality of the players he's keeping. And that's just because we tend to be a league that's thin on running backs, so going into the draft with just one keeper running back makes it difficult for him. Uh, To start off, he's keeping Elliott as his running back. Uh, who, in my opinion, isn't the same guy as we used to draft as a top three running back before. But that's a bit tainted by the fact that Dak got hurt last year. Uh, Before that, before the injury, he was kind of on pace still for an elite RB finish. Uh, They also dealt with a lot of injuries on their offensive line, and obviously there were different quarterbacks coming in, like Ben DiNucci. And so it feels like the teams were kind of more prepared for the run stop when uh, the quarterback game took a hit like that. And so now their offense should be a bit better with Dak coming back and um, their offensive line, some of the members coming back. Zeke is still only 26, and the Cowboys are uh, less likely maybe to have shootout games like they were at the beginning, which kind of allows for the running game to develop. My only hesitation really with him is that he becomes a bit more touchdown dependent uh, in order for him to really reach his stats. I don't see him as a 1,200-yard rusher anymore. And then there are the uh, two wide receivers. So starting off with Allen Robinson. He's always been a talented wide receiver in my opinion, and he deserves to be in the conversation of a top 10. But uh, he's never had, obviously, a solid or consistent quarterback in his career. And in my opinion, this year won't be much that uh, different than usual. He's going to probably start off with Andy Dalton, uh, and transition to Fields or even if Fields starts, he's still a rookie quarterback. And unless Fields makes like an immediate impact as a rookie, then there's going to definitely be some struggles, and it's going to affect uh, Robinson, or at least he's not going to take that leap or step to the next level. Um, I don't think he'll be any different than what he was in the past uh, since he will still demand his targets. I just don't think, uh, like I said, he's going to go to the next level. He's a pretty solid floor, and so obviously no one would mind having him as a weaker wide receiver one or definitely a strong, solid wide receiver two. And then Chris Godwin, uh, to me, this is the weakest player that's kept in the league as a whole. Uh, that's nothing against uh, Chris Godwin. He's still super young. He's, I think, 25 still and talented. But the reason why I've kind of fallen out of love with him is more to the fact that he dealt with injuries last year. He couldn't stay on the field. And in general, Brady tends to like to spread the ball around. That's how his game style has always been. Uh, They did re-sign Antonio Brown. They have all their tight ends now coming back healthy. Uh, And even last year, uh, Brady's favorite ta- uh, end zone target was Mike Evans. Um, who, who felt like he was almost guaranteed a touchdown in, every time they were in the red zone. And so also looking at the long-term progress, um, who knows how long will Brady will keep playing. And I'm not sure if uh, what the plans are with Tampa Bay going forward and who's going to be Godwin's quarterback in the future. So as a keeper wide receiver, uh, I personally prefer someone who's locked in as a number one target uh that's not to say that he's not a solid wide receiver on a high powered offense but I just think that there are many similar named players that should be available in the draft in the late first or even early second round next is Jordan 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 I was almost at a deal with him for giving him DeAndre Hopkins for some picks but that didn't go through um just really didn't have strong keepers at all before going into the draft and he made A couple of good moves in bringing in Mixon and Swift. And I don't think he actually gave up much to get that. Uh, So he definitely improved his team. I think he's the most improved from what he was going into the offseason and what he is now going into the draft. That being said, I do have some hesitations with his keepers still. So uh, starting off with Mixon. I think he still plays behind one of the worst offensive lines in football, and as a whole he's just never impressed me, Uh, even since his rookie season when I drafted him. uh, It seems like he has had opportunities and it just never really panned out for him, for me to be convinced that he's a top guy. Uh, This year he's definitely going to have an opportunity to be a three down back, especially since uh, Gio Bernard is finally gone, Uh, so really I can't. See any excuses for him not to be able to produce and take that next step forward Uh, But if he doesn't get there, I personally think that's it for him. I don't know why uh, he'd get another chance as a top guy Uh, So in that sense, he's a risky player for me, but he's definitely set up in a position to be a top-five guy Uh, So the opportunity is there. I just don't feel comfortable with him, especially with his history of lack of efficiency uh and again I wouldn't even be surprised if he got injured this season so he's not that safe of a player in my opinion even though he has that huge upside the other running back is DeAndre Swift it's really hard to like a player on a team that you know will be bad next year and to me that's going to be the Lions Uh, that's not to say that Swift as a player doesn't have talent or can't produce Uh, and that we saw something like that in James Robinson last year uh, with the Jaguars being such a weak team. Uh, and now Carry on is gone. The reign of terror of Matt Patricia is over. But then they still added Jamal Williams, who I think is a solid running back, uh, who might uh, steal some, some of his workload away. And I just feel like most of the season they're going to be always playing catch-up. And they might have in the run game earlier um so i'm not denying his talent uh but even carry on i thought it was a very talented player and i just felt like his career just got ruined with him being on the lines so it's hard for me to like the guy but uh another risky player that i think could pan out but i'm just not comfortable with and then lastly we got dk metcalf i think he's finally established himself as the number one target in seattle uh, because of his athleticism, I think he has the potential to be a fi- top-five guy and be mentioned in the same names of Julio or Calvin Johnson of the past. Um, but I also think that Seahawks will run more this season. They started the uh, season last year very pass-heavy. Uh, I just recall Russell Wilson having being on pace for some ridiculous stat. But it just wasn't working out for them uh, in terms of the outcome of the game. It was great for fantasy, but uh, I think the philosophy going into this season is going to change and they're going to be running a little bit more. Uh, Regardless, I think uh, Russell Wilson is still one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the league. And I think uh, DK will be involved as a big part of their success this year. So uh, I'm actually pretty happy with that pick. Moving on next, I have Chris. Uh, He did get a lot of heat when the keepers came out in keeping Lamb. And a lot of that heat was actually coming from me too because I just like to stir things up. But in my opinion, Lamb is a similar player that falls in the same category as Godwin. In that I think there are players uh, that have similar skill sets and potential points going into the season. Um, and there's enough depth at wide receiver in the draft to be able to get a player with almost similar value um, in the draft. And I feel like Chris had a chance to improve himself either at wide receiver by getting a player that would be a tier higher than CD Lamb, or even at another position improve himself there. Um, I think in a couple of years, Lamb is going to be a top 10 guy, so it's definitely a pick of the future. But in a three-keeper league going into this season, uh, I think it might take a little bit more time for his keeper to pay off. Uh, maybe next year, so he's kind of investing in the future. But this this keeper pick is just a little bit too early for me. Uh, but I just I guess Chris just wanted to guarantee that CeeDee Lamb does end up on his team in case someone else might take him in the draft. But having pick uh, five, I, I don't see why that might have been necessarily a difficulty. Uh, So again, it's a bit of an iffy pick for me, but I do understand his reasoning. There's definitely no questions about Saquon Barkley's talents. Uh, He is always projected to be a top three guy. Um, But coming into this season, there's still questions around his injury. And he actually might not be ready for week one. uh, And even then, he might not be at a full workload. Uh, But by midseason, I expect him to kind of elevate back to his top form. I just don't really think he's going to get the same load he did during his rookie season, especially now that they added uh, talents in their offense like Galladay, who's obviously going to demand some targets. Uh, And so uh, I I could see why on a lot of fantasy lists he's falling in the back half of the first round uh, for those reasons. And then lastly, he has Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, I think that's just a good player to own because of his situation, not necessarily his skills. Um, He's on the Chiefs, which translates to a lot of points. uh, But his rookie season was a bit of a letdown for me. He wasn't as good as I thought he would be. Now that uh, Le'Veon Bell is gone, not that Le'Veon Bell really did anything for them last year, I feel like there should be a little bit more focus on CEH. But uh, again, I just haven't seen anything special from him to be convinced that he could potentially be an elite running back. And in general, I just find Andy Reid to be a little bit weird with his running backs. I even had issues back when I had Jamal Charles where, where Reid would start him in one game or give him enough opportunities for him to be a game changer, but then the next game he'd barely use him. So CH is obviously keeper-worthy to me, but it's just not... A player I'd be too happy about especially if he wasn't on the Chiefs so again because of his situation I think he has more value and so there's no questions around that but he's just definitely not one of my favorite players that have been kept this year so next I'm gonna talk about yours truly I think my keepers are solid I obviously like them that's why I kept them but none of them are really players that would be taken in a first round of a redraft so that's where I think I have a bit of a shortcoming. Um, the main downside is that my running backs are really good for fantasy, but they're just not elite at their position. And, uh, the fact that they both dealt with injuries in the last year adds a risk factor to them. Uh, with Chris Carson, I don't think he has even played a full season ever since I've owned him. Uh, he is heavily involved in the passing game, which is a nice asset to have. Um, and I think if they put a little bit more focus on the run game this year, too, then I think he has a chance to elevate himself to a, a top 10 running back finish. Um, I just feel like in general, uh, running backs who have been drafted late or undrafted, so he was drafted in the seventh round, um, they're just never really seen as like sexy backs that anyone would ever want to kind of lead their way or become their the future of their franchise. An um, example of this is James Robinson had that 1,000-yard rushing se- season, and then they just go and shaft him the year after by taking Etienne. Um, I just don't find that there's any other running backs necessarily in Seattle that are a threat to Carson. Uh, I don't think Penny's really panning out ever since he even came back from his injury. So hoping that they lean more on the run this season, I do think that Carson could improve. Um, And then Eckler, on the other hand, if it wasn't for his significant injury, I think he would have been uh, at an elite level just from the standpoint of his involvement in the passing game. Um, But that's a big if. Um, That whole injury uh, issue was a big factor for him, and I'm a little bit worried that he can get injured again. I don't think uh, Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly are any threat to him in the running game even. Uh, I just hope that he can stay healthy this season, in which case uh, there isn't really a reason why he couldn't finish top 10 uh, just from his involvement in the passing game. And then lastly, Hopkins, uh, from a skill standpoint, I think he is the best wide receiver in the league right now. Uh, But based on his situation, I don't think he will finish as a wide receiver number one. Uh, like the number one overall. And his main issue, I think, was that he just wasn't targeted enough in the red zone last year. And that also affected his consistency. Uh, Because the games that he didn't score, um, those are games that were letdowns, and they really affected the outcome of the game. And I just feel, in general, having a quarterback that scrambles like um, Kyler Murray Uh, his red zone efficiency might not necessarily improve. And having that limitation, I think, is what bars him from becoming the number one wide receiver in the league. Next, I have Mike Moffitt ranked. And he has one of the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, No doubt about that. But he's just keeping uh, guys at other positions who, to me, aren't elite and have some question marks around them. So... With Tyreek Hill, I'm still kicking myself from not trading for him when Tofu had him and gave me an offer. I'm pretty sure the offer was for someone like OBJ or something silly like that. But Hill has been consistent and he's almost like a cheat code because of his speed. Uh, He has the capability of single-handedly winning you a week. And for this reason, uh, I ranked Mike here. Uh, But it's his other keepers that are somewhat of a question mark to me. Starting off with Jacobs, Uh, he could be a running back one. He has been a running back one before, and every season he seems to be improving. Uh, But the fact that they paid good money to bring in Drake is a little off-putting to me. Uh, Their offensive line isn't the best, and I just don't really trust the Raiders and their coaching staff. Uh, For that reason, I can see him falling down to an RB2 level this season, where I'd be more comfortable owning him as my second running back. Uh, He has been consistent in the past, though, uh, even when they used other players like Jalen Richard. Uh, So I think he can still be good, but uh, I just have a little bit of a hesitation around him. And then with Kittle, he is a top tight end for sure, and he's a difference maker at his position, especially since it's so difficult to find a good tight end. Uh, But he does miss games because of injury and his playing style. He kind of reminds me of how... Gronk was a top uh, tight end back in his prime, but he was uh, fragile and you just couldn't really bank on him uh, lasting you all season and kind of winning you a title. Um, He also might have to deal with a quarterback change with Trey Lance coming in. So for that reason, I don't think he's necessarily locked and loaded keeper uh, anymore, especially since players like Waller who might even finish above him are still available. So now we'll be moving into the top five teams that I think have the strongest keeper sets. Again, as a reminder, this isn't kind of taking into account uh, selecting keepers based on someone's draft strategies or uh, the draft picks that they have available. I guess we can reflect on everyone's teams after everyone's drafted. But I think this is just a straight up looking at the three players that everyone kept and how I feel about them. So at number five, I've ranked Tofu. This was a bit of a toss-up between him and Mike. I could have slotted Mike into this slot. Instead, I went with Tofu uh, just because he has he's in a better position by having the three running backs in a running back desperate league. Again, I acknowledge that Mike will have the opportunity to draft Najee Harris first overall. But I'm just looking at the keepers at this point. So first off with Jonathan Taylor, he's obviously my biggest regret of last year, giving him up to Tofu in a player trade. That net resulted me in getting just a third round pick going into this draft. He definitely had a bumpy road last year, uh, and partway through he was getting scary comps to Trent Richardson, and that's kind of why I bailed out on him prematurely. Uh, But as soon as I traded him, he went on this crazy pace where he finished with uh, over 1,100 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns. Now keep in mind he did this against uh, softer defenses. For example, in that span I think he played the Texans twice. Uh, but I think it's his earlier struggles weren't necessarily a matchup issue, but just a lack of his utilization. He was getting like five, six carries a game, which obviously that's going to pan out. Uh, he's right now, in my opinion, below the other workhorse backs, but I can see him joining that category. Uh, If he does actually prove himself this year which he should be in line to do so. So in my eyes, he's a first-round player Uh, The only thing that kind of works against him is that Wentz's status is up in the air right now So this could hurt him. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when Wentz is expected to be back. I didn't read up on that yet Uh, With Dobbins the uh, opportunity is there now for him to become the lead back for a rush-heavy offense Uh, when he took the job from Ingram last year, he was very efficient. Uh, My only reserve, though, is with that offense, uh, Gus Edwards is still there. He still gets pretty involved, and he steals touches. And so I don't think the volume would significantly increase for Dobbins, even though he's more of a lead role right now. And last year he was somewhat touchdown dependent too, and you can't really uh, base stats on that since that could be a toss-up. And then finally, Miles Sanders, I think he's one of the weakest players being kept in this draft. Uh, He never really lived up to his hype last year. And I feel the management took that into consideration by bringing in extra bodies. Uh, He had injury issues last year, so now they signed Jordan Howard, On Johnson. Uh, So he's my least favorite running back being kept this year. So at number four, I've ranked Will. This is where it got a little tough, and I feel like any of these last four remaining teams could have been interchanged to some degree, uh, an argument or a case can be made for each of them. And that comes as no surprise since these were the four teams that made the playoffs last year. And so Will I have ranked as fourth uh, because amongst the elite keepers, I think he has the weaker ones um, with question marks slightly around Gibson. And then there's no question mark around Ridley. But I still don't see him as a top three wide receiver. He's definitely talented and he has the opportunity to be there. Uh, But I think he'll finish somewhere close to what he did last year, even though there's going to be no Julio on the team. So starting off with Ridley, he definitely broke out last year. He finished, I think, as the number four receiver. Uh, And I was glad I was able to pick him up in the third round. Ended up trading him this year for a second. I still personally like Hopkins more than Ridley. Uh, but he was monstrous, especially when Julio was injured last year. Uh, He took control. He demanded targets. He was very consistent, always felt like he was open, and Matt Ryan was getting the ball to him. Uh, And one of the drawbacks that Julio had was touchdowns. It felt like that wasn't an issue with Ridley, even during his rookie season. The only question now is how much longer Matt Ryan will remain as the quarterback in Atlanta uh, for the long-term keeper value. Uh, With Gibson, he finished last year just outside of our running back one category. I think he's talented enough to be a workhorse back, and I think he will be even more involved now that they have Fitzmagic in the back. Uh, And I think we'll see a little bit less of McKissick. Uh, But the Washington football team just really needs to give him that opportunity to be able to take that next step forward. Um, And then finally, Kamara... Uh, The initial worry would be the fact that uh, Drew Brees is no longer there. And I do remember when uh, Taysom Hill first came in, uh, Camaro was a little bit rocky. Uh, He's obviously a very talented running back that can still somehow make points happen. Um, And I do anticipate Taysom Hill to start the season, uh, which could reduce his targets. But regardless, I think he's a high efficiency player that will still finish as a top three running back. Again, it's a close one, but next I had Andrew. Um, So here, without a doubt, CMC. He's the number one player on the draft board. When he plays, he's unstoppable. Uh, He was obviously injured for most of last year, but even in the games he did play, he was still an elite running back. And I have no doubt he'll continue to do that now that he's back. Nick Chubb, uh, another, in my eyes, potentially elite running back. He still finished top 10 last year, even after an injury. And even after Kareem Hunt became more involved, he's easily one of the best uh, running backs on a run-heavy team. Uh, The only drawback I can really see is his involvement in the pass game. It's not really there. Um, But in general, Cleveland even strengthened itself on defense, uh, which actually now maybe makes them even stronger than they were before and allows them to run the ball more if they uh, fall in the lead. Uh, So I think if Chubb stays healthy, uh, he will finish as a top five running back. Um, His weakest keeper, I think, is not AJ Brown. Uh, I do get the hype around him. He was a 1,000-yard receiver. He can make big plays. He gets touchdowns. I'm just not really sold on the fact that he can uh, keep up those stats with Derrick Henry demanding his touches and then now Julio coming in and trying to steal some attention getting his receptions. So uh, even though AJ Brown is probably still the number one target there, I think his stats will slightly diminish. Uh, And he's definitely a keeper-worthy guy, but I just don't think he might even make the top 10. Uh, If he does, he'll finish around there at best. At number two, I have Matin. His keepers are probably uh, even the best going into this year. But a big but is what will happen to these players one to two years from now their future is all somewhat uh, murky and could be in jeopardy uh, which could all become catastrophic for Mateen, uh if he doesn't make all the right moves at the right times why i'm saying that is for example adams for me he's the clear-cut number one wide receiver uh, he's a touchdown hog and he's rogers favorite target but again, what will happen next year with Rodgers leaving? So it's a big mystery to me, and it's a little bit hard to predict beyond just this year. Uh, same goes for Aaron Jones. Uh, he's extremely consistent. He's, he has a great rushing average. Jamal Williams is now gone, who stole a lot of third-down plays from him. Um, he might lose some goal-line work this year to A.J. Dillon. Um, but the question That really remains, again, is what will happen beyond this year once Rodgers leaves, which can obviously negatively impact him if he stays on the Packers and they don't have a good passing offense. And then same thing with Henry. A little bit different is the fact that he's obviously guaranteed a lot of work, a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns. You just feel comfortable plugging him in. You don't have to really even think about it, and he's consistently bringing you monster games. Uh, even without being involved in the passing game. He he just really relies on the workload that he gets. But the thing is, uh, this won't be sustainable forever. It's a tough position to play, and getting that continuous beating with over 350 carries a season will eventually burn him out. Lastly, uh, not to my surprise, we got the champion here. Arash ranked as number one. He just has the number one player in all the positions he kept pretty much. So Kelsey clear-cut number one. Dalvin Cook could arguably be the number one running back this year. Stefan Diggs, a little bit of a stretch, but he's definitely a top five guy. Uh, as a ceiling, he can finish two or three this season. Uh, so not much to say about Kelsey. He's just in a category of his own. It's almost as if you have an extra wide receiver or running back slot while everyone else has... Uh, a weaker tight end, so it's a huge competitive advantage. Um, With Cook, he's a true three-down back. Uh, He's still, in my eyes, a little bit injury-prone, but uh, without doubt, he's one of the best running backs available. The Vikings have always been a defensively-driven team. Last year was an anomaly. They ranked 29th in defense, and they were throwing a lot to play catch-up. I think that will change this year, uh, meaning it could be uh, more carries going Dalvin Cook's way which means that he can even get better. Uh, with Diggs, um, he was a monster last year. Not a lot of people expected uh, the season that he was going to have. Even if you did have faith in him moving to a new team, no one thought he's going to finish third or fourth or wherever he finished. Uh, but he definitely took a step forward, uh, and he also helped Josh Allen take his step forward. Uh, so he's the clear number one for their team, and I still, as I said, think he'll continue to finish as a top five wide receiver. So just as a recap, uh, in first place, I have Arash. In second place, Mateen. Third is Andrew. Fourth, Will. Fifth, it was a close one, but I put Tofu over Mike Moffitt, who's sixth. And then I put myself, Chris, Jordan, and then last, unfortunately, is Mike Himes. Uh, Again, everyone had strong keepers as a whole. It's definitely going to be a competitive league. And it's going to be interesting how all the teams shape up after the draft is over. It'll be interesting to see what everyone's opinion is on my rankings here, but also what everyone thinks of the rankings once the draft is done and we come up with the rankings then. So lastly, I'm just going to be going over all the different positions and kind of just taking a look at how ESPN has ranked the top five players available at each of these positions now that uh, keepers have been uh, taken into account. So obviously no one kept any quarterbacks, so the way ESPN has it is Josh Allen is the number one quarterback, followed by Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and Lamar Jackson. I think it's fair to say that these are all quarterbacks with game-changing abilities. So this is where it gets interesting at running back, Uh, the top five per ESPN available in terms of projected points. Number one, obviously, is Najee Harris, who I anticipate to go first overall. And then we got Daryl Henderson, who's going to be taking over the role for Cam Akers with that torn Achilles. David Montgomery. Uh, Surprisingly, Chase Edmonds is there as number four. Uh, I don't know if I missed something with James Conner, if he has an injury, but that's just not really a backfield I want to get too involved in. Same thing goes with the number five ranked player. It's uh, James Robinson right now. Again, not really a backfield that's that interesting to get involved with this season. At wide receiver, the top five guys are all quite similar in talent. Uh, some of them have a little bit more upside in the potential ceiling they have. They can take their game a little further. Some of them are pretty consistent, and then some of them are towards their downtrend. Uh, Adam Th- Adam Thielen, for example, being such a player. So right now, rank number one is Justin Jefferson. Terry McLaurin is close behind as number two. Mike Evans, again, very similar in projected points as number three. Adam Thielen, he still projected a lot of points, but uh, his long-term value is obviously questionable. And then as number five, we got Robert Woods on the Rams. Um, With Stafford being there, his game could definitely elevate. A tight end, Um, the real standout player available is Darren Waller and to some degree Mark Andrews if he still gets back to his 2019 form. Um, Kyle Pitts is also ranked pretty high, um, but for him to kind of elevate his game to the level where he's keeper worthy and worth a first-round pick, um, to me it's a little risky. It it hasn't been really done before by a first-year tight end. It'd be interesting to see what he brings to the table. And then we got TJ Hawkinson uh, right behind that, as well as Logan Thomas. Uh, At this point, you're kinda starting to now shoot at darts. Uh, Obviously these guys have a little bit more upside than what's available after them, but really beyond the first three, four tight ends, uh, if the trend continues as the years pass, it's, it's really a dart throw and they're not that valuable, to be honest. So that wraps it up for today. Uh, I'd be really interested to see what your opinion is on my rankings or what your input is or what your opinion is on the rankings that you have. Uh, Again, it'll be interesting to see how the teams turn out after the draft because obviously with draft picks being involved and people strategizing around the keepers they already have, the teams could look totally different in a couple of weeks' time when our draft is being held. Looking forward to it. Peace!